If you've got your Bibles there, we've got um, two parts to the word today. The first is Ezekiel chapter 34. The word of the Lord came to me. Son of man, prophesy against the shepherds of Israel. Prophesy and say to them, This is what the Sovereign Lord says. Woe to the shepherds of Israel who only take care of themselves. Should not shepherds take care of the flock? You eat the curds, clothe yourselves with the wool and slaughter the choice animals, but you do not take care of the flock. You have not strengthened the weak or healed the sick or bound up the injured. You have not brought back the strays or searched for the lost. You have ruled ruled them harshly and brutally. So they were scattered because there was no shepherd. And when they were scattered, they became food for all the wild animals. My sheep wandered all over the mountains and on every high hill. They were scattered over the whole earth and no one searched or looked for them. And the second part is from the first book of Peter, chapter 5. To the elders among you, I appeal as a fellow elder, a witness of Christ's sufferings and one who also will share in the glory to be revealed. Be shepherds of God's flock that is under your care, serving as overseers, not because you must, but because you are willing, as God wants you to be, not greedy for money, but eager to serve, not lording it over those entrusted to you, but being examples to the flock. And when the chief shepherd appears, you will receive the crown of glory that will never fade away. This is the word of God. Thanks, Michael. I get a fantastic opportunity to talk about eldership and we're going to be doing this over the next two weeks. This week we'll be looking at what's the role of an elder and next week what are the qualifications of being an elder. Now, I wondered to myself, what do people think? What's this for? You know, or if I'm not kind of like elderish, what am I supposed to do with this? So I thought I'd explain a little bit. There's, there's a number of things that, as a congregation, this is useful for. One, it helps us to recognise the role of those people who are elders. And it helps us to pray for them, helps us to keep them accountable. It helps us to encourage them in doing the work that they have been set aside to do. But secondly, we're coming to a time when we're looking for some new elders. The, 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 elder, the elders group, the pastoral team, is really stretched in terms of, of time and the things that need to happen around the church because we're a big church. And yet we recognise the fact that God has gifted people amongst us who can take on and help in this role. And so it's to encourage us as a congregation to help look and to affirm those people. There's an election coming up in November and there's got to be nominations before then. So as 
we talk about what the role of an elder is, I encourage you to think about the people that you know in the congregation. Those people whom God has gifted in these areas. And if you think, yeah, that, that's the sort of person, that's, that, that's what that person can do, or that's what that person's already doing, then encourage them to nominate, to, to, to come and to be a part of the elder group. But also there might be some of you as you're thinking and you kind of, you're taking a step back. You've actually been a Christian for a while and probably as you go through this you can identify with a lot of it. This is pointed at you as well. Step up. Acknowledge the fact that if God's gifted you in a particular way that you have a responsibility to help out on that. So it's for all of us as a congregation to listen to. Let's pray as we come to have a look at this passage. Lord God, we thank you that as your people here, you have gifted us through your spirit with gifts for each other, that we might encourage one another, that we might skill each other, that we might care for each other. And Father, as we talk about this morning the role of an elder, a shepherd, a pastor, an overseer, that you might help us as a congregation to understand what is necessary in your body, that we might encourage those who you've called into this ministry. We might help them in their task, but that also we might see who amongst us is also equipped in this way and that we might encourage them to step up. And for those, Father, who are holding back, we pray that you, by your Spirit, might convict them in their hearts. Father, we pray these things that your church might be blessed, but that your name might be magnified in this place and around the world. We ask in the name of Jesus. Amen. A role of an elder in one sermon. Easy as, easy as. I just want to talk about four main areas that is the job of an elder. We actually at the moment have nine elders at the moment. The three pastors are elders, that's the role that they do. We work as elders in the church. We are full-time doing it. And then we have six people whom you have recognised um, in terms of the whole church congregations as elders. All right. So that's uh, Daryl, Alvin, and myself and then from this congregation I thought I'd point them out to you in case you weren't quite aware of who they were uh, we have John over here want to stand up John John's one of our elders right. Don so Don Don is down the back down there and is Selwyn here this morning there he is I saw him also right. there are three who come to this congregation right. then um, you and Yen is an elder. He normally goes to the 10.30. Is he here? Nope. Right, he'll be at 10.30, probably. I know he's on holiday, right? I think. Um, so Ewan's an elder. So that's those four. And then we have one from the Cantonese congregation at the moment, Sunny Wong, and from the Mandarin congregation, David Wang. So we don't have anybody from the evening congregation, really, although some of the elders do come in the evening as well. So they're the people at the moment we have as elders and pretty much set apart to do this task. This is our task. 
And it's, it's a task that we all have for each other as well, but in particular, these guys um, have been assigned this role. And so everything that I say, I'm kind of thinking about myself, so be really careful here all right, as we go through. This is what uh, uh, the role of an elder. All right, let's go for it. Number one, the role of an elder is to protect. If you think of an elder with the name of a shepherd, the role of the elder is to protect the flock, the people of God, to help in protection. We read that in the Ezekiel passage, the fact that there were those who were set apart as elders, who weren't doing their job, which meant that the flock was attacked and scattered and disappeared. It wasn't able to be doing that which God had wanted it to do. And even in the 1 Peter, he says, you've got to be shepherds under your care. You're looking after them. Paul, when he's talking to the uh, Ephesian elders in the book of Acts, he says this, Keep watch over yourselves and all the flock of which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers. It's that same word, elder. Be shepherds of the church of God, which he bought with his own blood. I know that after I leave, savage wolves will come in among you and will not spare the flock. Even from your own number, men will arise and distort the truth in order to draw away disciples after them. So an elder has this responsibility to protect from error, as in how Acts talks about it. And if we look at the qualifications of an elder, which we're doing next week, to be able to teach and understand the truth. In other words, to help to keep us on track. To be able to recognise those things which are detrimental, harmful, hurtful, and to keep guided into those places which are helpful and beneficial and encouraging. Ezekiel says another part of this protection is to keep from straying. If you remember there, he says, so when you you have not brought back the strays, verse 4, or search for the lost, you have ruled them harshly and brutally, so they're scattered. Part of the role in terms of protecting here that elders are to have is not just on the Sunday when those who come, come and we preach and we do all that, but to search out for those who are drifting and to encourage them back amongst us. Now, we all have that responsibility to encourage and equip one another. We all have that role, but there's that responsibility that the elder has to go and to search for the stray, but also for the lost. We all evangelise, but also there are those who are outside. And part of the role of an elder is to do that as well, to go and to bring back, to protect from error, to give truth, to seek the lost and the straying. 1 Thessalonians 5 verse 12 says this, Now we ask you, brothers and sisters, to acknowledge those who work hard among you, who care for you in the Lord, and who admonish you. Part of the protection that is part of the role of an elder is sometimes to do some disciplining, not harshly or brutally, but gently to bring back, to admonish, to say, "Um, I think that's outside what's the way that a Christian should behave. That's not good for you. That's harmful. Even this week I had opportunity to come alongside somebody and say, this is happening. Be noticed. 
What are you doing about it? How's it working out in your life? And that's a difficult thing to do, but that's a part of what one of the roles of an elder is. Jesus, in John 10, he says of those who are going to be shepherds, he's talking more about himself here, but I think he's trying to explain what part of the role is of shepherd. He says those people who are hired hands are not shepherds because they don't own the sheep. So when he sees the wolf coming, he abandons the sheep and runs away and then the wolf attacks the flock and scatters it. I think what we learn from this is that one of the roles of an elder is to be alert and to be courageous, to have courage, to be able to step up into those situations where people are being hurt and stand in the place so that they get attacked first. And that's a, that's a difficult thing to do. But it's an important thing for elders to do. And as, as you're hearing this thing through the people who are around you, you say, you know, are there those who will step in and protect who will be courageous and step into a difficult situation, who are alert, who are aware of what's going on around, not just in the church, but in society. They're aware of what's happening and what will influence and what will pull people away from God and they are there. They're dealing with the issues and they're helping and encouraging and making people aware of them. That's one of the roles of an elder, to protect. One of the, the second role that we want to look at this morning of an elder is to teach. It's probably one of the only things in terms of a gift which is there in the qualifications, so we're going to talk about it more next week. But in 1 Timothy 4.13, Paul saying to Timothy, Until I come, devote yourself to the public reading of Scripture, to preaching and teaching, and he says, when you appoint someone as an elder, make sure they're able to teach. It, it doesn't mean, I think, that they, and we'll get to this next week, that they have to be someone who stands up here in front of a crowd and is able to teach. But they're able to explain. They're able to come alongside somebody, take the word of God and expound it to them, make it known to them, to do that protecting and caring and encouraging and discipling. They can work with somebody to encourage them. Now all of us have that type of role but the person who's an elder definitely has to have that role because as we take people away from error and into truth, we have to be able to work through those issues with them and to teach them and encourage them. Part of that then in terms of feeding is not only teaching but discipling many of these things as we go through you'll realise are what all Christians are called upon to do we're just setting aside some people as a specific role within the church but discipling Titus 1.9 as it's talking about an elder says he must hold firmly to the trustworthy message as it has been taught so that he can encourage others by sound doctrine and refute those who oppose it to encourage others to lead others to focus people who are straying or people who are growing or people who are lost to fix their eyes on Christ. The type of person that we need is someone who can do that. And that's what we as elders are called to do, to be able to focus people, if we take the opposite example of Ezekiel, not on ourselves but on Christ. That's the role. 
to feed, to bring that which nourishes and blesses to us as a congregation. That's the second of the rest. Thirdly, not only to protect, not only to feed, but to lead. I think this is the one we struggle with the most. We love being protected and we love being fed. We just don't like being led. But that's what the word basically means, to shepherd. And there's all these words that come through in Scripture to direct, to manage, to rule, to oversee. 1 Timothy 5.17 says, The elders who direct the affairs of the church well are worthy of double honour, especially those who work in preaching and teaching. And the role is that of oversight, to manage. 1 Timothy 4, when um, Paul again is talking about an elder, he says he must manage his own family well and see that his children obey him and he must do so in a manner worthy of full respect. If anyone does not know how to manage his own family, how can he take care of God's church? It's someone who has an ability to direct, to oversee, to plan ahead, to look at the processes and to help and encourage, get alongside people and lead them in the direction that those people are best going in line with the word of God. That's one of the responsibilities of an elder. Now note, and I think it's a part of this lead, this is not easy work. I'm not going to go and read all the verses, but if you read through the prophets in Nahum and Zechariah and things like that, it talks about the shepherds of Israel. And one of the condemnations that God heaps upon people who were set apart as shepherds is that they were lazy. They were spiritually lazy. This is, and leadership is a job for those people who are committed, committed to hard work. I suppose um, there are people who take Jesus' commands in Matthew 6 seriously, which is to seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Romans says to give your bodies as a living sacrifice. That's the type of attitude that is supposed to be there in this role of leading. It's, it's hard work number of books that have, you know, talk about leadership say that one of the most underthought through responsibilities in leadership is this whole idea of commitment and hard work. You know, as, as I've talked to people even here over the last couple of years and, and so sort of said, you know, you've got the gift. <laughs> um, why don't you step up? I get a number of responses sometimes from those who say no. Responses like, I'm time poor. Sorry, just don't have the time. I I can't do it. Or, no, I don't think, I think I can work with those guys. You know what I'm saying? I don't know if I can work with you. You know what I'm saying? It's hard work if we actually have to all get on with stuff. And on. And the thing is, that's, that's part of what it's called upon to be an elder. There's a lot of time involved. I told Daryl, he said, What are you going to say? I said, I'm going to tell him it's hard work. He said, Don't say that. No one will want to do it. Well, you've got to know up front, it's hard work. And you can't step aside from it. 
I suppose I, I why did I put Ezekiel 34 in there? I suppose it's for this passage. These people were elders. They had been gifted, set apart, put there in that place. And they abrogated their responsibility and they stood aside and God condemned them for it. He said, you're supposed to step up. I didn't give you these gifts and skills and position so that you could do things for yourself. That's not why I gave them to you. I gave them to you so you look after my people. Now I'm going to take that and I'll put it into a New Testament context. Amongst us as a congregation, God has gifted us with those things and those people that we need to function and to grow and to be skilled. And some people here are gifted and skilled as elders. You do lead. You're very capable. You're capable of caring, which is the next one we're getting to, of feeding the flock. You're able to protect. You've, you've got God has over the years or even over a short time made you capable of those things. You're mature, given your experiences. And I think Ezekiel 34 is God says, I'll put you there. I'll put you in that place. I've set you apart. I've given you the gifts. I've given you experience so that you can work for my people in this place. Why aren't you? And it's a courageous step to step forward and say, I will. But that's what it means to lead. So to protect, to feed, to lead. And fourthly, to care. To care for the flock. James 5.14 says, Is anyone among you sick? Let him call the elders of the church to pray over them and anoint them with oil in the name of the Lord. 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 4. Paul, he's writing to the church in Corinth. He says, For I wrote you out of the great distress and anguish of my heart and with many tears, not to grieve you, but to let you know the depths of my love for you. Maybe the underpinning role of an elder and the one that in many ways you need to really seek and look hard for as you're thinking who to nominate are those who love, who care for the flock. Not just in those spiritual care, but even in the very practical way. Acts 6 even, when the people were bringing the widows and, and Peter says, we just don't have time to do all this. We love to, but we just don't have the time. Set aside, guys, and if you look at the, the, the people that he puts, they very similar qualifications elders. They're the, the top folk. And the reason is to care for, to do the practical help that's necessary. To pray for, to get on your knees. People who We want people who will pray for and seek after the people of God in this place to take time out, to step up. That's what it is to be an elder. And there's more, but that'll do. To protect, to feed, to lead and to care. But then briefly, just quickly, what type of leadership is this? What sort of leadership? And I've only got three things. There's more than this, but I'm only going to talk about three and one I'm going to leave till next week. Right? The first of them is it's a servant leadership. You notice in Ezekiel, don't rule them harshly and brutally and in 1 Peter not lording it over those entrusted to you but as examples to the flock in John chapter 13 Jesus says now that I your Lord and teacher have washed your feet you also should wash one another's feet 
I have set an example that you should do as I have done for you. The type of leadership that elders do in protecting, feeding, leading and caring is that of service. What our responsibility is, is to encourage and equip you for works of service. That's what we all do for each other. We serve one another. So we want someone with a servant heart. Someone who cares deeply that people are blessed. I've got to tell you, we get enormously blessed as well. It's a lot of, I don't know, it's a great joy to be involved in the work of sharing and pastoring and caring for other people. But primarily, our role is that you are blessed. And in many ways, we're blessed through that. We want people whose heart is servant leadership. The second thing about an elder's role, the second thing about the type of leadership that it is to be an elder. I suppose particularly in a larger church, but I think it is still true in smaller churches, is it shared leadership. 1 Timothy 5.17, as, as Paul is talking to Timothy, he talks as the elders who direct the affairs of the church well are worthy of double honour. We read that beforehand. There's this idea that there is people working together who do the task. We, we have that passage from Acts chapter 6 where Peter, the group of the apostles couldn't do it and other people came to help them do the job. And we need a group of people who can work with others. I think the modern way of doing it is it's a team thing. You need a team player. Right? And there's that idea it's a shared leadership as we work together. And there's a number of reasons for that, particularly in a, in a big group. One of them is balance. I mean, what if everybody dressed like me and had long hair? What would that do? That'd be fun, right? We, we all come with so many different experiences to a situation for a church which comes from many different experiences. And so we allow balance to come into the decision-making and the directing that we have. And sometimes you say to someone, well, why don't you step forward? And they say, me? I'm the only one like me here. How am I going to help anyone? And the answer is, well, that's not true. Right? We have a plethora, I love that word, of people, lots of different types of folks. And so if you are loving, caring, or you know people who are loving, who care, who want to feed, who are courageous, who are strong, who are committed, who will protect, and you think, well, we want that balance. That's a part of the reason for a shared leadership, and we have nine at the moment as elders. The second reason I think that we work together is for accountability. Remember in that passage um, that we read from Acts, when Paul's talking, he says, even from your own number, men will arise and distort the truth in order to draw disciples away after them. When we walk together, we have an opportunity to keep each other accountable. You don't have this idea of someone who can make their own group of people. But rather together, we function so that as a church we grow. So that's the type of leadership and that's the type of elder that we want. So we can have the balance and we're accountability but also giftedness. We're not all gifted the same and there's lots of tasks to be done. I think this is one of the reasons for a church that's as wide as ours. Over five congregations. 
there are some people who have got a particular giftedness in one area of this leading, protecting. And it's good to have that focus and be able to even set some of them apart to do that in a bit more responsible way. Because we can't all have our finger in every single pie. That's one of the things, one of the reasons that the, the pastor team is looking for more elders. Because nine's not enough. Um, it, it, it's a lot of work. And so we're really looking for more who can help gifted people who can come and they can take those responsibilities on. Lastly, and this is the one we'll talk about next week, it's a qualified leadership. Not just anyone steps up. Well, actually that's not always true. Sometimes people step up, but not everyone should step up. Not everyone should be elected. And we're going to talk next week about what the scriptures have to say about the type of person that it's to be. Now one thing I want you to note about the type of person that it is now is you could read everything that it says about an elder and you could say, aren't all Christians supposed to be like that? And the answer is yes. All Christians are supposed to be like that. Which probably to me sets aside that anyone, or almost anyone, who's been around and has grown in the Lord, who's got a relationship with God, who cares for the people of God, who knows the scriptures, can step up into a role of leadership like this. But it does mean that the people have to at least be mature in their faith. And so the other thing as you're thinking through, and we'll get this next week, is to have a look around at those people who have exhibited these qualities over a period of time that you can then have confidence in voting for them. At the end of next week, we're going to be handing out a little booklet which goes through some of these things, the qualifications and the nomination forms but I'd encourage you to already be praying about that. Not only for yourself, God, is this what you want me to do? But for the people around you, is this what I want them to do? But also encourage the elders who are already elders, the nine of us, that say, you know, we're praying for you. We understand what you need to do. We want to encourage you in this. And, and even give us some of that constructive feedback that, that stretches us. I, where's this happening? We'd love to see this going on because this is the reason that we as a people are to understand those who lead over us. Let's pray. Father, thank you that you have given to us in the body of Christ those people that we need not only those who have the responsibility of elders but all the various tasks that need to be done in ministries that people are involved in we pray that you might bless us as a body and particularly over the next couple of months as we seek and search after who you have given us to be in that leadership team and even for that person who might be the associate pastor in the future. And we pray that you might guide us in our thinking and be impressing on their hearts your will for their lives. Father, we ask all of these things for the glory of your name. In the name of Christ our Saviour. Amen.
I'm going to invite you to stand with us to sing our last song, The Serving King. Our Lord Jesus, as pointed out by Paul, is the ultimate leader for all of us. And we're going to ask you to sing to him.